You're listening to Drama podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Kathy. I'm Kim. Here we go, episode 16. It almost sounds like we're in a musical number. <laughs> it almost does. And we're <laughs> dancing right now in unison, but you can't see it because this it, is a podcast. Honestly, very athletic, acrobatic. We're doing oh, really yes. well. Kathy just said all of that while um, doing a series of backflips. Yeah, it was, totally was very impressive, <laughs> if I may say so. <laughs> you may you may oh, thank you, you may. so much oh you're extremely welcome uh, mm-hmm. well uh, almost as crazy is this dang episode what a crazy episode wow well, i have to say that when it started i was like this episode's gonna be boring but i forgot that we're at the point in the series now where no episodes can afford to be boring no, at this not point at all. yeah Everything's got to be like super high intensity, high stakes, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I almost felt like uh, at the end of this episode, I was like, this is the drama I've been waiting for. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, Ugh. but the end does feel very what? much like American Never. soap operas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or what I, felt, I know about it. Yes. <laughs> oh, I felt very man. comforted. I well, also do love the, the numerous times they incorporate the, the creepy soundtrack. It's like a new thing now, it seems like. Creepy, mm-hmm. creepy music. Oh. Yeah. It's like we're not doing any lovey-dovey stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. No. We're in it. Mm-hmm. And boy, are they. Ooh. Because Richie is, you know, maybe dying in this elevator. He's hyperventilating and stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good. There is a VO of a rando man saying what sounds like a prayer, uh-huh. right? Um. Which I don't know if this is getting ahead of ourselves, but we do find out that it is ghost, uh, Grunge Princess's ghost dad. Right. Later. I, I oh! It, <laughs> oh, you didn't... You, didn't <laughs> you know what? To be fair, Kim, mm. um, there's always there's lots of rando characters kind of inserted at the last second. Like It could have been Champagne Frank for all of you. It could have been, been Champagne Frank. I just feel like I just assume that it's just, you know, random. I don't know. I... I well, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I had my mind was all over the place. Who do you think it was then? Golf bro? No, I didn't think it was anybody. But there, I, I'll tell you a theory that I have later in this episode mm. that will okay. illustrate how not with it I am in this episode. <laughs> well, love to hear it later. No one is with it this episode though, because no. Grunge Princess is like calling. Anyang, her roommate, to go to the elevator. Anyang is being I, like... Anyang, you mean? Oh, <laughs> what was I saying? You <laughs> said, said Anyang. Anyang, An- like, the, uh, like the character from Arrested Development. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> An- <laughs> Anyang just means hello. Oh. <laughs> Anyang. It must have, like, seeped into my head. Yeah. Uh, well, I did say it at the beginning of this. Oh, maybe. Let's just say yeah. it was that. Yeah. I guess I'm not with it either this episode. No we are all just mm. doing our best. We well, are. not unyoung. Ah young. Like oh <laughs> young, youth, uh beauty. That's all yes, her. Yes. Uh she is being like so chill on the phone. Like <laughs> if your roommate called that hysterical and you're like, What? Everything's fine, don't worry about it. It's just crazy to me. Um mm-hmm. 
And then Grunge Princess does the smart thing by calling 911 or Korean's version of 911. Um, 119. 119. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Yep. I don't know why they chose the exact reverse opposite. It's like, you know, in Australia, the water, when you flush the toilet, goes backwards. Uh, mm. Is that true? America. I don't think so. But in a similar <laughs> way, 911 is backwards in Korea mm. to American audiences anyway. Mm. Uh, well, Grunge Princess also catches a cab over to uh, the Lowell department store missing her audition. Um, mm, yep. Her dream, life's dream. Uh, and the cab driver is being very degaff. <laughs> I thought it was very funny. She's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, All right. I have to say, no taxi driver in Korea would be that just blase and absent like of the whole situation. The cab driver would be like, shut up, stop yelling at me. And it would be like a middle-aged man with like a bald spot on his head who's just really disgruntled listening to political radio blasted on level 10. This guy is in a hoodie. Look, he looks pretty young. We don't even though we don't see his full face. Mm-hmm. I don't know who, who that was. That's- and that's the guy that started Lyft. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this guy is not saying anything to no. Grunge Princess. Really wow. not acknowledging her pain in that moment. And she's like, it's not like she's disengaging too, like sobbing to herself. She's like talking to him. She's like, go yeah. faster and stuff. Yeah. But he was like, mm, on my own time, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I respect it. You know, he's yeah. like, this is my cab. I'm at work. Mm-hmm. You need Chill to call out. a police car, call a police car. That's not me. Gonna yeah. respect the rules of the road. Um, meanwhile, in the elevator, someone is calling to Richie from the outside. It turns out it is Secretary Kim, and he has no chill. I loved Secretary oh Kim. Oh my this gosh, moment. I did as well. I wrote aw <laughs> because <laughs> I just thought he was so sweet. He was so freaking out. Mm-hmm. It's like, like he cared the most about Richie Rich than anybody else in this damn drama. Yeah, so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like really going above and beyond beyond his uh, job description. He should get a raise. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I mean, um, to the point where, like, it was almost putting Richie Rich's life in danger. Yeah. Like, the way he was blocking the... the, the he was really <laughs> trying to climb into the damn elevator. I was <laughs> like, hey, man, we don't need two injured people. I think he yeah. even yells at them, like, hurry up and get in. It's like, you're but in the way. Like, yeah, yeah, you're in the way. way. <laughs> but he's really, he's really loyal, and he I is. think that's mm-hmm. nice. And he also accompanies... They, uh, they are able to evacuate Richie Rich into an ambulance, and he accompanies... Richie Rich in the ambulance, which I'm pretty sure is reserved for family only. Uh, that privilege, but go Secretary <laughs> Kim for being like, I am he family. Is family, yep. Yeah, he uh, doesn't care. He does not care. And or, or he cares so much that he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yes. And I mean, this is so funny because you say speak caring so much that he doesn't care because bump it um, Hottie comes back, but it's so jarring. It's really jarring. It's like a super hard cut to him. I'm like not even excited. I'm like, wait, what happened to Richie? Why are we cutting to Hottie? And we also never, I mean, we've once seen him, I think, earlier in an episode than this. But it always catches me off guard because like in the, the previous like 15 episodes, I feel like they really keep him in the back third. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, they're just discussing with Sunbae um, that, Grunge Princess skipped the audition. So we already know this. Hottie, take a back seat. We're doing something here. But he is wearing this great, like, opera ski outfit. 
Mm-hmm. The what, what? With a scarf indoors. He was like, oh, Happy like New Year outfit. to me. Twenty sixteen, year of the indoor scarf. Yeah. And I really think uh, this is controversial, I think, and it's controversial even to me. But I really think that his wave tool is getting too it's getting too much. Like it doesn't it doesn't look natural anymore. It's like starting to give me like really like uh it's not like full nineties vibes. You know, but it's like starting to get. I mean, I guess this is from 2010, but are, are you I'm like, are you are you inferring that Hadi is kind of cooling down? No, I would never. Okay. I would never do that. But I do think that, like, yeah, I was just like, man, your hair is really like. They didn't. They didn't finesse the wave tool. They were just like, yeah, Steve. Do you know what a wave tool looks like? No. What does it look like? Well, at least the one that I'm thinking that they're using on their on his hair is like it has it's like three curling irons all stuck together, but they uh-huh. all have one they have one clamp on it. Uh-huh. And so you just like clamp it on your hair and it makes it look wavy like that. Is, is that what they call a crimper? Is that something else? I think a crimper is just more narrow waves. Yeah. But okay. it's the same idea. Yeah, mm. same idea. Yeah, but Hadi's hair never looks as good as Oscar John Mayer's. Mm. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And blazers. Her mm-hmm. hair is mm. my volume dream. She I'm going to take a picture of her to my hairstylist the next time I go in 2029. 20, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when we're next allowed out. <laughs> mm. Well, these next guys don't have great hair, but Park the Narkin is with his goonie. And they are, <laughs> once again, acting the hell out of their lines. Oh, my oh, man. gosh. <laughs> uh, but they just basically feel guilty about, you know, possibly killing Richie Rich. Like, they didn't want it to go that far. And yeah. I was right. He did yes. do it. We talked about this last week, but right, the, he right. did do this on purpose. Park the Narc mm. did do this on purpose because he's... Not a good person. <laughs> well, I thought that was really nice. I was kind of on his side in that moment. Like he didn't. He he was just trying to test a theory, and like you know when things get out of hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is true. Like he felt really bad about it, which he should. He absolutely mm-hmm. should. Yeah. Well, so Richie Rich is in the hospital. Grunge Princess comes to visit him, and OMG. Party Doc comes Party out doctor. in like the shortest skirt I've ever seen, which good for she you, girl. She is here to party mm-hmm. at the uh-huh. hospital. Mm-hmm. And remember, it's snowing outside, so it's cold. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I love that we call her Party Doc because she is party first, doctor second. You That's know? right. Mm-hmm. That's right. She keeps her priorities in order. Always. She's, <laughs> yeah. So Grunge Princess goes in the room. Richie's okay. Um, he's mad at her that she took the elevator, uh, and she's very, and she's like, she seems very sincerely sorry, and they have a nice moment where they hug, you know, um, after a near-death experience, I guess, and they both say they're sad because they thought they wouldn't see the other one again, which is, you know, sweet. I I agree. I thought this moment was nice, but I still thought it was weird because I don't think that they quite have the communication skills in their relationship that I feel that they're clear with each other on <laughs> how they feel about each other. So it felt a little I, undercut for me in that it, way. It, it does also reveal how they really kind of incorporated, um, I don't know, I, don't, I have mixed feelings about this because on one hand, as a Korean, 
maybe just a human being. I can understand how yelling at somebody is kind of a sign of showing that you care, you know? Mm. So, like, you know, Richie Rich scolds Grunge Princess for, like, missing out on auditions. He's, mm-hmm. like, upset at her, like, you idiot, this is your dream. Why didn't you go, you know? He's yelling at her, but it's because he cares. Yeah. Right? It, just, it just comes out in a weird way, I guess. I guess also there's just so much yelling and what appears to me as toxic relationship stuff yeah. that, like, yeah. any sweet moment, I really grab onto, you know? <laughs> I like starving for just healthy, healthy hearts. Yeah, just like two people just liking each other, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's all I want. Just like both of them said nice things. Yes. And that, just for just, a split second. Let's end the episode, you know? Let's not go further. Let's but end we, the season, the yeah, series. Truly, truly. <laughs> but we do continue. I mean, you know, Richie does this like very sweet thing where he's like, he like pulls his IV out and he's like, no, you're not missing the audition. And I found rush- that horrifying. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I oh, truly, God. I shrieked. Oh, God. Yeah. My vein ah! just thinking about it. Let Party Doctor do her job. Oh, my gosh. Oh. But they rush over to the audition room, but everyone's packing up. It's too late. <sighs> the the audition looks like a festival, some sort of concert festival, by yes. the way. Yeah. They're so all realistic. wearing pink shirts. <laughs> yeah, they have yeah, like a full on staff. It, it looked like it was going to be some sort of like on stage tap dance extravaganza or something. Yeah, it does yeah. look like a dance competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very yeah. odd. But again, like last episode, we saw that when the director and his team arrived at the airport. There were throngs of fans there. Ryan, director Ryan Jackson, which <laughs> Ryan I always Jackson. keep confusing with Jack Ryan. Mm. Completely different. To, oh. to me, it's like, we need a white name. Can someone yeah, yeah, please yeah. come with a white man's name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ryan yeah. Ryan Jackson. Yeah. Ryan Jackson. Mm-hmm. No relation to Peter Jackson. Or, maybe. or Phil Jackson. Or Phil Jackson. Or Reggie Jackson. Mm. Well, not white, but... <laughs> well, he's Australian, we find out later. Mm. It's an Australian director. Mm. Um, well, so we leave that storyline for now because we go back to John Mayer, who's doing a press conference wherein they bring up Cherry and the scandal with her. I'm assuming it's some kind of sex scandal from the way they're talking about it. No, I think this was the one where she was... Uh, she blew up Oscar John Mayer for... Because uh, she was a singer-songwriter as well. Mm. She's the one who helped or agreed to help out Blazers and uh, John Mayer. Right, because uh, the, the actress... Nancy. Sorry, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Remember Noodle Nancy's is the one mm-hmm. really behind all this stuff? So Cherry was also a victim of Noodle Nancy's like diabolical plagiarism mm. scheme. Right, but the actress that he did have a scandal with at the beginning of the series... Her name is Terin, right? Yeah, very similar uh, sound. Very because sim- I got Kathy. I got confused in that same way as I was like, I was like, what's this? But I was like, no, Terin is 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 uh the the singer. But I was like, I think that the actor's name is Terin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very confusing. Yeah, switch and, names, uh, switch bodies, switch everything. Yeah, <laughs> why not? What's real, what's real anymore? Uh, well, Blazers is snooping on the conference. She sees it. And then later, John Mayer, I guess, sneaks into Blazers office because she's surprised to see him there. Um, and she's still mad. I'm not quite certain why. Like, is is it because he was a fuckboy in the past? I, I'm not quite sure. I feel like that's just her, like, 
that's I think we talked about this in a previous episode. That's just kind of her vibe with him is she always just wants to like have him be seeking her approval. Yeah, I guess to me, just in terms of like narrative, it feels like they're they've reconciled. So like, I don't understand why we're still here. Uh, Yeah, I was confused. Like, I thought they pretty much figured out like, hey, let's let the past be the past. Yeah. But razors don't want to let go of the past. Mm -mm. And I also just want to take this opportunity to say, did anybody else notice the table that Oscar is sitting at? No. No. What's on the so table? So in in um in Blazer's office, and I haven't noticed this before when we've been in her office. Um, he is sitting at what to me appears to be uh, <laughs> a hole cut in the ground. Like it's so oh. so like he's sitting on the floor which is a bench for a table that is sunken in into a hole in the ground. I think this was like really big in the 70s, right? Like I can't remember what yeah. they're called, but I see um, them sometimes. Yes, I follow this 70s home account on Instagram and they just posted this. It's called, oh, a conversa- it's called a conversation pit. Conversation pit, yes. Yeah. So this oh. is like a mini, but a very mini version of that because it's truly just this table in the pit and then you sit on the floor but it is a bench or a chair for the table. Huh, I can't believe I didn't notice that. <laughs> I didn't notice. Know. I went to a restaurant once in Japan that had that same vibe. So I'm, I guess I just thought like maybe this is like a trend in Asia. Hmm. Could be. I don't know. It was, I found it fascinating. I was too busy focusing on the, the, the tofu that he was eating out of the, the, the little just plastic bla- bag, black plastic bag. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, he's I mean, back that, at it again with that police food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like as if like he's acting like he would, like served time in prison, but it's just like you just came out of the station, bro. Like, yeah, you're just w- turning noodles Nancy in. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Blaze also does this like other crazy thing where she says she's going back to the mall to like seduce Richie or whatever. And it's like, girl, we're past that. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's what? Um, and John Mayer wants Ugh. to come with because he promised Che Rhea bag in the, a couple episodes back, if we remember. And that sets Blazers off more because she's like, you want me to pick out another woman's bag for you? And he comes <laughs> back with, I'm not asking you to pay for it. Which oh, is very funny. <laughs> I liked it. History repeats itself. Mm-hmm. That was really funny. Yeah. So I guess so maybe she does give us a little insight now because. She's still mad and John Mayer's like, I'm still I still love like what we were in the past. And she says something like, why do you forgive yourself so easily? So maybe she just needs time is what we're getting at. She also like Mm. hits him with this uh, savage burn that I didn't write down verbatim. But she says something like uh, because he's talking about like the past and she says something to the effect of. With whose permission are you going into the past? Mm. And I was like, wow, wow. that is a zinger. Mm. Um, but I think you're right, Kathy, that it is like she needs time. But also I think that. I, I, I think that like, I don't know, maybe I'm like I'm I'm trying to think too much in her head, but I'm like, oh, are you worried that like if you like like is she using this? to extend their um their relationship 
as it is currently because she's worried that if they were, were to get into a real relationship again, you know, that that it would fizzle out very quickly. So this is at least a way to be in each other's lives, even mm-hmm. though it's like horrible. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, Blazers does seem to be kind of stuck in a certain kind of uh, cycle of, I don't know, living in, in how she was emotionally deprived of love or whatever as we see later on in the episode she's like well this is you know i don't want to get ahead of myself but it seems like she's kind of like stuck in that world and it's it's just kind of like she can't bring herself to step out of it and move on for some reason Mm -hmm. yeah and maybe she just needs like a few more actions you know actions speak louder than words you know she just Mm -hmm. needs john mayer to prove himself a little bit yeah Maybe. Maybe she just wants a little communication. Mm, yes. Maybe. Don't you we ever all? heard of it? Come on, guys. But what, how do you guys feel about that move where she like I don't even understand how this works. If I think about it, like they were just talking and then she like storms out, closes the door, and then presumably she's crying right outside the door that she just slammed. But I guess Oscar John Mayer finds like another exit. And then exit out into the hallway where there's blinds that are clearly open. He can see her through the blinds in this from this glass hallway area that he's in. Like, and she's totally oblivious and unaware that he's seeing everything that she's, you know, she's in tears. I have to say, when we do our little emo montages each episode, I always just kind of assume that we're like in a music video. So I kind of just <laughs> let just reality slip away it's like yeah thing. okay okay this is You're a cool right, shot yeah. cool yeah i'm fine yeah, with yeah, this yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i have found that window to be odd before because we've seen her crying in that room before in the office and like i did think it was like why do you have this like enormous picture window that opens up to another interior in the office but you know like who am wants, i an she architect wants people mm-hmm. she wants people to see like how she's devastated or whatever, however she's feeling. Oh, man. Blazers, what are you doing? What is she? What are you doing? Well, we leave them. We return to Grunge Princess and Richie, who's out of her apartment. Richie's like, don't worry, I'll fix it. I'll do whatever it takes to fix this. I'll get you that audition. He leaves, runs into Hottie, who is pissed that Grunge Princess missed the audition. And then once he realizes that Richie's soul is back in his body, just socks him in the face, mm-hmm. which Incredible. is so satisfying. Um, but he Hold also, uh huh. Okay, I have to call out Hottie here. Okay, oh. he's he's making a lot of bold assertions that Richie intentionally sabotaged the audition. Mm. Oh. He couldn't even ask him, like, "Hey, what really went down? Like, you know how much this means to grunge, mm-hmm. like." Why did you miss the audition on purpose? Then Richie could have been like, oh, well, it wasn't me. It turns out rain does make us trans. They never had that dialogue. Hottie kind of just comes out of nowhere and just swings and and, and socks him in the face. I thought he was so mad at the, like, don't tell me that I've ever hit on you or whatever moment. Oh. Well, that's what what, um, Richie says afterwards, too, Uh. is like, he's like, we're now we'll just consider ourselves even since I told you to never like hit on me or whatever it was that he said. Never well, he confess like, your love to me. Right. He was in Grand uh, Princesses. Never body. hit on me. I'll hit you now. <laughs> <laughs> I hit for yeah. a hit. 
I mean, yeah. uh, not to, uh, we don't condone violence, mm-hmm. um, but I do, <laughs> that sounds terrible. We don't condone violence, but, but. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I do think Beat his that, ass. <laughs> I do think that like, uh, just to think inside of Hottie's mind for a second, he's probably simply like, this is the final straw. Like, right. Cause like what Hottie has seen and what we've seen as the audience is that Richie is extremely manipulative and mm-hmm. like very controlling of grunge princess. He's trying to get her to not do the things that she loves um, because he, and he judges her for her passion. And Hottie has just more or less kind of like watched and even once enabled this behavior. And I think that, you know, to him, he's probably like, this is the final straw. Like, mm-hmm. y- you do not stand in between grunge and what she has expressed. Just the audition is like her life's mm-hmm. goal. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But I, but I, Steve, I think that you're right too. <laughs> Thanks for well, that. Because I mean, that's, I think that that's what, I think that, it, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be as fun to watch if they just sat there having a, a proper adult dialogue. Right. To be fair. Well, it wouldn't be a Korean drama. No. I mean, no. You got to yeah. make it dramatic. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Speaking of which, John Mayer is staring at his engagement ring again. And it's like, John Mayer, you got to sell that or something. Oh he still gosh. has it. Get it out I of bet, your yeah. life. My God. But Richie comes in. Uh, Richie basically enlists John Mayer to help get the director's info in Japan. I guess John Mayer has a lot of contacts in Japan. And John Mayer has uh, speaks great Japanese, I must say. Well, I was going to ask you, yeah. He, how do you think? I, I was going to ask you both if you were able to understand. I was. And when he first um, called, I noticed that he used... Um, use like honorific language he like mm. placed himself in a subservient uh place just like linguistically from who he was talking to and i don't have a point in that other than to brag that i know what that sounds like um <laughs> <laughs> he, i thought he spoke really well it, it was uh it was well as a korean would sound trying to speak japanese as a second is that what you sound though. like when you speak japanese steve no i think i sound way better shots fired john mayer wow 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 we wait for your clap back like his cadence and how he says stuff is a little bit off and and it's like you know you can tell he doesn't really speak japanese he had to rehearse the i guess the the koreanized version of whatever but Mm. um i will note this though and this this is kind of a funny thing to me personally where he introduces himself as oscar I believe, if I remember correctly, I think he says, this is Oscar of Korea. Mm. And then later on in the episode, not, not to get ahead of myself, no, but please. Richie Rich also says in another language, this is Kim Joon of Korea. It's like, what? I guess, I guess people are supposed to know that. Maybe, maybe we can lend them that. Um, but it's just kind of funny to me. It's like, this is Steve of America. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I will say, though, when he spoke, it did seem like his words were because I feel like sometimes when um, non-Japanese speakers, and I'm sure this is true for Korea too, speak the language phonetically, sometimes they don't separate the words. They just mm-hmm. kind of like uh, blow through it. Um, but I don't know. I, I thought it was good, but I guess it wasn't. No, I mean, it was it was pretty good. Just like the there was in fact, I would say that there's certain gaps because it, mm-hmm. it was almost as if he remembered it a certain way on the the paper mm-hmm. but then in reality written in japanese it might be 
uh, a lot more, a lot of the words and phrases might be combined more rather than separated by a little gap. Mm. Yeah. So he's like taking, anyway, to get really technical, he's like taking breaths in like weird places, mm. you know. We'll catch you, John Mayer. Study up. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, yeah. Well, it, whether or not his Japanese is good, he ends up getting the director Ryan Jackson's personal cell phone number. Ryan big, big, Ryan big, big, Jackson. Big, big. Yeah. Which is, and then so Richie immediately calls the personal cell phone number. It goes to voicemail, obviously. I just like <laughs> don't. Why doesn't he have Secretary Kim call? Why doesn't he have an assistant call? This is so crazy that he's reaching out personally. Uh, I mean, maybe that was just crazy to me. But he also negs Ryan Jackson in the voicemail. He calls a bunch. So funny. He calls like, 50 times. He calls so much. And then what's crazy is Ryan calls back. Yeah. And he's like, you've called me 50 times. If somebody called me from an unknown number that many times, even if they were leaving me voicemails, I would block their phone number. Yeah. 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 And he doesn't even like ever contextualize who he is. Like I'm the whatever richest man in Korea or whatever. Like you said, Steve, he just goes, I am Kim Jong. I don't even know the real names anymore. Kim Jong. Yeah. <laughs> Kim Jong. But, but when he is something. Sorry. I Sorry, Kathy. Go no, ahead. Please. I, don't want I, to I was just off. repeating Steve. So please. Well, what I was going to say is I I noticed that when uh, Richie is speaking in English to uh, Ryan Jackson, who I always want to call Ryan Johnson, but his Mm -hmm. name is Ryan Jackson. Not to be um, confused. Yeah, not to be confused. He introduces himself as Juwan Kim. He puts his family name Mm -hmm. where you would put a last name um, in English. And I thought that was very interesting because it never occurred to me that like if I went to Korea that I should be introducing myself as like Cooper Kim mm. um, because of, you know, Western oh, yeah, centricity yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all over the place. I think it's very confusing to people if I introduce myself as Cooper Kim because they'd be like, is you your first name Kim? Kim or your... Kim is your family name, right? Right. And then you're like, yeah. No, it's and Kim my is my name. Korean family name. Mm-hmm. That's why my American name is Kim. It'll be... <laughs> It's very good. <laughs> oh, because Cooper could be a first name as well. It could be. Know? Yeah. And I did. Uh, this is a fun fact for the listeners. Ooh. If you're not an actor, when you uh, enroll in SAG or when you register with SAG, uh, only one person can have that name. Only one person can be registered per name. So that's why you see like people are like, uh, I don't know if this is true of him, but like Samuel L. Jackson or like people going by like their their middle name. So they have a stage name because if you regist- try to register and somebody else has already taken that performer name, even if they're no longer performing, I think oh. um, you can't have the same name. Um, what? Wow. Yeah. And so when I went, I was like, oh, Kim Cooper, that's not like an uncommon name. Um and I was like, okay, like, what would I call myself? And I was like, okay, if Kim Cooper is taken, then I'll just go by Cooper Kim because my Korean <laughs> family name is Kim. Like, that's why my first name in American is Kim. Mm. So, or not in American, but my first American, my first, my first name, my American first name is Kim. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it turned out that I turned in my applications. What they told me, that I turned in my application to be Kim Cooper on the same day that or around the same time somebody else turned in their application to be Mm. Kim Cooper but the other person didn't finish their application before I did oh you beat him damn other Kim Cooper if you're listening I'm sorry sorry Um, not sorry sorry (laughs) 
Sorry. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Oh man. But yeah, would you would you go wait Steve, when you or Kathy too, like when you're speaking to people in Japanese, do you introduce yourself or speaking to people in Korean, do you introduce yourself like I'm Lim Steve, I'm Yamamoto Kathy. Yeah. I yes, I'll always same do as that. in Korea. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, Korean I and Japanese every day. is very at least speaking wise, like grammatical, like there's a lot of uh, similarity. It's it's yeah. It's cre- it's it's like crazy how similar uh, the two languages are actually. When I took Japanese in college, I was always obsessed with my Korean classmates because they picked up everything so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always said they would always like try to make me feel better because they were so kind. And they'd be like, "Oh, it's just because our languages are super similar." Like, no, it's because I'm dumb. <laughs> and now we're <laughs> not. Friends. Know? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they were very I mean, that's how, sweet that's how i feel about trying to learn korean so. doesn't it make you feel we more dumb when they're trying to be kind of sweet to you it's like yeah. stop stop you're patronizing me now <laughs> <laughs> it's worse yeah oh, man. oh my goodness well yeah. i'm glad that i asked because that had never occurred to me Ooh. before because uh of western centricity and mm. um, but i'm glad that i know that now yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so somewhere in the world you are cooper kim that's right. Well, in Korea, I am Cooper mm-hmm. Kim. Well, in Korea, I would, well. There's a Steve, poeticness you, to that. What? There's a poeticness to how mm-hmm. you can switch your name to according to the, the culture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last question, uh, bef- because I've really gotten us really far off track no, here. Um, Steve, do you have, and Kathy, do you have um, a, a Korean or Japanese name and do you introduce yourself with that name when you introduce yourself in Korean or Japanese? I did pick out a name because I went to a Japanese elementary school and I was one of the only ones with a westernized name in that school. So I did eventually pick out a Japanese name, um, which is just the Japanese word for green. Uh, So don't pick your name when you're nine. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. What is it? It's Midori. Which is truly just green. Beautiful. <laughs> my favorite color at the time. But now I don't use it that much anymore because, you know, it's not a legal thing. It's not my middle name or anything. So it feels like mm-hmm. weird to, like, insist that people call me that. So they mm. just call me Kathy. Got it. Got it. You know, you, you shouldn't feel too bad about it because I feel uh, when I was last in Japan, like a decade ago, I had students who, um, like, there's one kid's name was, like, uh, Aoi. Mm. Like, blue. Mm-hmm. Aoi. Uh, maybe I, I I might be butchering it, but yeah, it was it was based on a color. So I was like, okay, I guess you can be you know colors too, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean that's also true in Western culture. You know, that's you true. Can name your kid really whatever you want. Yeah, that's true. Um, I do have a Korean name that my grandpa on my dad's side picked out as his per uh Korean tradition. So I just use that when I'm in Korea. Mm. Oh, but sometimes I choose my English. I just choose Steve sometimes depending on who I'm meeting. If it's like a younger person um, who speaks English, I might say Steve. And, and same with Japan. Like the my Korean name is based on has has um, the Chinese is based on Chinese characters. Mm. So that mm. translates in Japanese as well, actually, conveniently. So like my family name uh, might be Lim or Im in Korea. Um, in Japan, I'd be Hayashi. Oh. which is also like a, a legitimate like common family name in mm-hmm. japan hmm. um, and then my korean the the chinese characters based on my korean name uh would be spelled out or read in japanese as shosuke or seiyu when i've asked japanese people that they sometimes they don't know because 
it depends on how you interpret the the, the characters together. So there's like open to interpretation. Well, but there's like, interesting. Those, those are two common ones. And, yeah, I also heard yeah. in Japan in college they told me that you as a parent you could pick any characters you want and then just decide what the reading of it will be. So like you can never like truly be sure what someone's reading is mm-hmm. just by seeing their characters. Right, right. Because cool. you can just go wild. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. But to most Japanese, I would just introduce myself as like Stevu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, yeah. I have gotten us really off of track. No, no I, these are valid questions. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm here to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to watch a Korean <laughs> drama. Well, especially. Uh, Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Like, so Brian Jackson arrives to Korea because, uh, whatever, Richie decides, gets him like a private jet to take him off his like busy oh schedule God. to like, bring him back to Korea. And Ryan arrives and is immediately pissed at Richie, but it's like, you agreed to this. <laughs> and also, doesn't it, doesn't it make more sense? It sounds like Ryan Jackson is very busy auditioning a bunch of people in Asian countries for this movie. Uh, Ryan, ask yourself why you feel that you need to be directing this movie. And maybe mm-hmm. it's a movie that could be directed by or, an Asian person. Um, sorry, go ahead, Steve. Yeah. Shouldn't, if you're so busy, shouldn't grunge princess be flown out to you? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Doesn't that make sense? Like, Cause then like the five, cause he, once he does get here or what here, once he does get to, uh, to Seoul, he's like, I only have five minutes to see her. Okay, so if she would have just flown over there, then she would then then he would have had more time to see her. But I guess then we see in the next scene why he needed to fly. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. they drive him over to the set where Grunge Princess is working on like some different show and she's like doing all these stunt shots and like what appears to be like an incredibly long shot. Just like no cuts. She just keeps going. And also, I didn't know if you guys noticed this, but they added some like crazy sound effects in like a punching. Like, I didn't notice that. (laughs) So cartoony. Um, And then Ryan Jackson is watching, which like, is this an open set? Why can anyone just walk on? Uh, But (laughs) Ryan Jackson is like, I've seen enough. I'm leaving. Mm. But it's like, why do? First of all, how is Ryan Johnson and his entourage allowed on set? Second of all, don't you have like a specific audition for this person? Like, I don't yeah. know why this would help you decide whether she's good for this role. I thought at first that that was fully constructed as the audition. Like, I didn't yeah. realize that she was at work on another job for the whole scene. Yeah. It's oh, man. wild. But when they're done, it's really cute. Richie and Grunge Princess have, have a little callback to their first meeting. Um, They have like a little inside joke now. Very mm-hmm. cute, very cute. Secretary mm-hmm. Kim is handing out lunches again. Why do they not have crafty? Like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Um. So then Richie returns to work to see who stopped the elevator. But lucky for him, Park the Narc steps up. It's like it's me. I resign again. I'm very endeared to Park the Narc. I don't know about you guys. I thought he was very sweet in this moment. Um. But he does say that the quote: "It's better to be unemployed than a murder." Which is like, <laughs> wisdom i mean he's not he is not wrong he is Uh not wrong better the man is correct it is better to be unemployed than a murderer and that's for a merch that we have (laughs) we don't have any merch (laughs) i do love that i would wear a shirt that says that (laughs) 
We would be oh, like, God. what is this about? And we're like, <laughs> it's too long. It's not worth it. explaining. I mean, just like see it. I mean, it, it means yeah. what it means. Yeah. Well, <laughs> l- later on, Hottie is getting bandaged. We're not quite sure why he got hurt. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Yo. He's not the director anymore. Whatever. Yeah, we don't was care, it, I guess. Was he in the... Well, it doesn't matter. It, doesn't, it truly doesn't matter. Yeah. But I thought that it was funny that uh, it, like when Grunge comes into this scene, she's like, you need to go to the hospital. And I was like, you were walking around at the beginning of the series with a giant gash in your arm for a full day. Just bleed it out. Just bleed it all over the place. Yeah. So, uh, no. Honestly, his doesn't look that bad. It just looks like really bloody, you know, but it looks more like a cosmetic cut, you know? Yeah. But Grunge Princess is saying that it, her job went well because there's no pressure. I'm assuming she doesn't know that that would also served as her audition. Hard to yeah, say. I, don't think she knew. I think she was probably unaware. Yeah. Yeah. That um, makes sense. That makes sense. And then there's think, some. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I'm just saying, I think Richie Rich played it off as if he just wanted to bring everyone lunch and that's it he didn't tell her about oh how pissed would she be if like he actually <laughs> she's gonna find out we know that she's gonna yeah. find out i mean hopefully I really... it works out for the he, the director didn't director ryan johnson jackson he didn't seem too pleased he didn't i i don't understand his character <laughs> to be out. his character makes no sense but it does i didn't i am putting together now that i really did i really thought that i had realized after the scene where she was auditioning in front where, where they were on set i really thought i realized after that scene that she was at work and that that was not the audition but i didn't realize that she didn't know that he was coming to set so just to jump ahead really quick, mm-hmm. <laughs> like later in this in the show in this episode, Richie is like, "Did you get any like texts that say like congratulations mm-hmm. or anything?" And she was like, "No, what are you talking about?" And yeah. now it makes sense to me that she didn't know that he was there. Yeah, no idea. Nope, no idea. Which meant she okay. could perform better because she was under less pressure. Right. Okay, it's all coming together for yeah. me now. <laughs> so later john mayer interrupts the yoga class where um blazers is practicing yoga doing some flow uh and does that love actually cue cards thing full love actually mm-hmm. i knew that they were like really getting heavy influence from it yes and honestly i loved it i was so happy uh i would be mad if i was a student in that class be like i'm getting reimbursed for this class <laughs> like this man <laughs> yeah. just oh, interrupted yeah. Yoga is expensive. expensive. Uh, By the way, they're uh-huh. in a hot yoga ah! session, and it does not look like anybody's dropped a single bead of sweat. No, they oh, got a no, no, no. All of no. Uh, all of Blazer's hair is still curled. Mm-hmm. Like that wouldn't happen in a hot yoga. No, but also I thought the funniest part of this moment is when he like flips to the last card. He's like, "Okay," uh, he's the whole thing is like, "I can't." You're right. I forgave myself too easily. Whatever. Blah blah blah. And then he ends up being like, "Okay, I have an appointment to get to. Bye." <laughs> yeah. He says, "I have an appointment, so I'm going now." And also, you are the prettiest. Then it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, just yeah. like, "Dude, you got to love gonna, Oscar for that." If you're gonna do this like huge romantic gesture, you gotta clear out your schedule. Why are you like? <laughs> Same but also, point. why did he show up at a yoga class? Yeah. Like he could have showed up, you know, in love. Actually, they show up at the house. Yes, so. we never see where Blazers actually lives. No, just her. She work. lives everywhere. Mm-hmm. She lives mm-hmm. in our hearts. And mm-hmm. Definitely, John Mayer's. Mm-hmm. 
So the appointment that John Mayer had to go to is with Bernie, and he ultimately just wants Bernie to sign a contract with him now that Bernie has uh, denied blazers um, and tells him he's okay with his sexuality. He could do whatever he wants. Um, and then he pulls a Richie and he's like, I refuse to accept your refusal. I'll let you think on it. Even though Bernie's like, I don't want to sign with you. I just said no, but okay. Yeah. And takes his Zune, his Zune <laughs> MP3 player as collateral. He's like, back at it again with the Zune. Yeah. You'll get this back when you, I get the answer I want. Um, and he wants to listen to the Zune, but he's interrupted when French Princess comes back to his apartment to get his stuff, her stuff. Because there was like a brief moment where they were maybe going to live together because Richie and Grunge Princess were living together and then got kicked out or whatever. Um, hold, on, hold on. Can I can I ask you guys a question, though? About yeah. The Bernie scene. So it's like, it's strange to me that Bernie is like, what? You like me? You, you have a crush on You have something for me? You have a crush on me? And John Mayer's like, no, I like girls. And you can keep liking guys. and I can keep liking girls. Who cares? But it's like Bernie. Keep, it's almost like they want Bernie's character to keep pushing that the, the sexuality thing mm-hmm. on. But then, at the end of that scene, when Oscar John Mayer storms out with his headphones and MP3 player, it like the camera pans to Bernie's face, and he's got like this sly little mm-hmm. smile, like hmm, like as if he w- wanted Oscar to take his MP3 player and headphones, like yeah, like he planned, he designed that to happen. It's like what's going on here. I was wondering, because it, this isn't the first time that Bernie has brought up his sexuality as like a, a like a reason why he doesn't want to sign with Oscar or that he's like, like, I, I, I wasn't sure in this scene, like, was he is he concerned that he's not going to become like be able to be successful as a gay man in Korea? Like, because it's 2010, you know, I don't know what the culture is like there. Um or is he just like concerned because he has a crush on Oscar? Yeah, it's it's unclear to me at this point. It's like, well, the past re- episode, couple episodes have been leaning, uh, pushing Bernie towards the angle of he actually has a secret crush on Oscar, and mm-hmm. he's in it for himself in that regard. Mm. Not so much. He's not really worried about his career per se. He does music for himself, you know, as Bernie would. But I don't know. Just wanted to see where you, where you guys were with his, this understanding. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I mean, we have four more episodes to find out. Yeah, indeed. Is yeah. it a Zune or what is it? The important is it questions are asking. The Korean version is called I River. It was great. I did. I had I River. Yeah, you had. Yeah, you could actually freely move your files to the mm-hmm. the MP3 player, then back to your computer without having to do some sort of iTunes oh, wow. gimmicky schmicky. Hashtag ad. I, yeah. Hashtag ad. Oh my gosh. Also, um, I got an ad when I was watching this time um, that was in Korean. And what? this is the first time in 16 episodes that I had one ad in Korean. Mm. Whoa. I've gotten a few when the census was coming around. This will really date this episode. <laughs> when the census was happening, I got a lot of like I, there were like three rotating, one in uh, Japanese, one in Korean, and one in, I think, Mandarin. I could be wrong, though. Uh, just telling people to fill out the census. Well, the census wow. is every 10 years, so that would have been exactly when this ah. came out. Yeah. yeah. So it could still be oh. applicable. Um, yeah, I watch it on uh, the, the 
what is it called? The Apple TV. So I don't get ads for some reason. Mm, lucky. My ads mm. go on forever. <laughs> oh, Very frustrating. This is just an ad critique episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Well, so while Grunch Princess is with John Mayer, um, John Mayer confirms he brings up the accident again that Richie has no memory of, mm. but says that Richie has to tell her. So, and he, John Mayer also gives her a calendar with his face on it. Um, so Grunge but she already had one she has one but I guess it's the new year right where so she will need a new one oh right hypothetically um well Grunge Princess runs into Richie outside uh she's like rejecting him again a little bit it feels a little like we're taking a step back in the narrative but whatever he drives her home he's mad at her for calling John Mayer Opa again and then he notices that she circled the date January 8th on her calendar um and but she doesn't give her any she doesn't give him any information on what that date is oh also she kisses him this episode he pulls her on the bed which is yuck and then she kisses him (laughs) which is fun yeah i have to say um i've been watching babysitter's club um (laughs) and it's really cute and sweet Mm -hmm. did you watch it kathy i did did you like it i did i like most of it yes oh interesting we'll talk talk later later. are you gonna ask me Uh, if i watched it Steve, did, well, you didn't have a reaction like Kathy did, but Steve, did you watch it? No. Well, okay, I think really you'd like it. Yeah. It's really, it's really okay, sweet. I'm check cute. it out now. Yeah, it's really sweet. But uh, uh, when when Grunge has her her kiss with Richie, it is very similar to um, the tweens on the show who are like a peck, and they're like, "Oh, I did it!" Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's very sweet. And it's it really very sweet and innocent. That. Yeah, that's the equivalent of adult dramas in Korea. Yes. That level of mm-hmm. physical affection, yeah. Well, so Italy evil mom is <laughs> getting the rundown from the servants, and he knows she knows that Richie is at Grunge Princess's apartment. Her assistant reminds her of some yearly appointment she has, but we don't hear much about that. That's for later. Um, Asian Chris- mm-hmm. Kristen Chenoweth brings over a tabloid that has blazers and John Mayer on it because remember, Italy evil mom brought uh, blazers to that family dinner as a perspective partner for Richie so that's like very scandalous for them um Mm. meanwhile John Mayer interrupts Blazers I think at work and shows her the same tabloid that his mom had uh and she wants him immediately to deny it she wants him to deny their relationship and then John Mayer realizes this is another wrong he did against her because she told he told her to deny their relationship back when they were in one um so that's kind of, I guess, so there, there's levels to Blazer's anger, I guess. Um, yeah. But, and she gets a call immediately from the tabloid, denies her relationship with John Mayer, but immediately he hugs her to, like, comfort her because she's very upset. And people go wild, like, taking cell phone pics and stuff. And they're shameless. Very shameless. Nobody's like trying to be like, oh, 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 friend, here, let me take a picture of you in front of this. Yes. They're full Store. on like flashing. Yeah, they do not care. No, I don't. I don't know why they swarmed in then and not when like earlier. You know, it's like yeah. flash mob. You know, flash mob. Yeah, photo op, uh, okay. very convenient. Mm-hmm. So, and why would a tabloid call you after they already published a photo of you? Like, wouldn't they yeah. <laughs> want to call beforehand before releasing that headline? Yeah. Uh. The logic, Mm -mm. once more. I mean, that's why they're a tabloid, I suppose. 
They do their research later. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which, Richie was researching and discovered that January 8th is um, the lunar calendar anniversary Mm. of Grunge Princess's father's death, um, which also happened on the same day as his accident, which is huge. Uh, Yeah. Cue the creepy music. Yes. This is where stuff gets interesting. Because he also remembers something after his traumatic elevator accident from the beginning of the episode that his previous accident was also elevator based, not a car accident like his family said it was. Mm -hmm. And like his doctor said it was. Yes. Psychiatrist told him also that it was. Uh, am I getting ahead of my? No, no, no. You are no. not. This is yes. Oh, okay. This is I was like, happens. look through my notes, but um, yeah. That that the, she's like, oh yeah. Like Richie calls out party doctor and is like, you knew that this was not a car accident, and you were also lying, mm-hmm. which is like ethically, yeah, that doesn't not, sound good. Not not wow. right. Yeah. I got goosebumps. Yeah, trust violated. Is not it. Mm-mm. Wow. So later, someone is laying flowers at Ghost Dad's gravesite. And who is it but Italy Evil Mom? That's the yearly appointment she was going to. Yes. And Grunch Princess sees her and realizes that the man whose grave she's setting flowers at is Grunge Princess's dad. Mm-hmm. She looks real mm-hmm. guilty, too. Truly wild. Yeah. We also have a moment where, brief moment where Richie is back at work and he draws a picture of the cat stuffed animal on Grunge Princess's yeah. bed to give to the jewelry designer to make accessories. And I was like, you cannot, that's a copyright infringement. You can't just like take someone else's design and be like, <laughs> we're making, that's besides the point. But I was like, why is, why are we here? The drama's happening at the cemetery, whatever. And also, um, really quick, at the beginning of when this drama started, at some point, Ah Young and uh, Grunge are at the mall. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but while they're at the mall, Buttons by Danity. Pussycat oh. Dolls is playing. Dude, I got the wrong band. I put Danity Kane. Oh, My is bad. it Danity No, Kane? no, no. You're totally right. It's Pussycat Dolls. Danity Kane, also a great, a great <laughs> band from this time. Don't know if they made it to Korea, no. but uh, yeah, they're definitely playing Buttons by Pussycat Dolls. I was like, you guys. You did not get what, the... Uh, you would have to pay so much money to get the rights to this song. They do not care about copyrights in this <laughs> they show. They don't care. And I respect them for that. But I couldn't let it go that 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 I heard that. Yes. You know, you know what? That might be a situation where it's like, at this point in the game, uh, this drama playing their music might be helping out the musicians. Mm. So it's like, um, pay them money. I don't know. They're like, we got away with Bill Collins. We got away with Love Actually. Why not yeah. Pussycat Dolls? Let's just keep yeah. trying it, yeah. you know? It's all working. <laughs> Let's just keep rolling. <laughs> yeah. They oh, also have a weird moment where they, I just don't understand why they cut away from the cemetery drama because that is like actually dramatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they cut away again to go to the action school where Grunge Princess is training the student who's in love <laughs> oh with God. her. Who, like, keeps telling her he's in love with her. It's like, dude, stop. This is so bad. Um, But Richie gets jealous about how kindly she's treating him and goes up in the harness and, like, does... In his studded tracksuit. He has a new tracksuit, yes. New tracksuit. Yeah. Uh, And then, like, shrieks the whole time. So I guess this is, like, a comedic relief. It's like, let's watch Hyunbin Mm. shriek 
But I'm like, that's not what I want to see right now. And also, he's very colorist. I don't know if this is the yeah. right word yes. to use, yes. but like he's very, he, this is not the first time that he has commented on the uh, tone of someone's skin and referred to somebody having darker skin in a pejorative way. Yeah. Not okay. Yeah. Uh, Hadi, come over and not okay. hit him again. Hit him again. Not that we can Man. So Richie Rich and Grunge Princess are walking home and he's like, he's like doing all these sexual innuendos that she's like not really into. Um, and then she gets a text that Italy evil mom is at her apartment. So she runs away. She doesn't tell Richie why. She runs home. Um and I, I want to I wanna interject here really yes. quickly because I want to place you both inside my and, and, and everybody who's listening mm-hmm. inside my mind. So if we back up, um, I don't know exactly at what point this is, but like in the scene prior where uh, everybody's starting to put together like the, the different various pieces, mm-hmm. I was like. Oh my God, are they related? I was like, are Grunge and Richie related? Oh, and no. I was like, oh my gosh, because like once it started, um, we started realizing that the mom was uh what was at the the dad's uh sorry, mm. that um Italy was at uh Grunge Princess's dad's uh grave. I was like, oh my god, like is she actually Grunge Princess's mom? Like, are they siblings? Oh my god, like what's going on here? Right. Cause we never hear about Grunge's mom or Richie's dad. Right. So I was like, um, are that like I was like, this is too honestly that's too it it still could be though. Because I mean I guess, I guess it could be. All we know is that so Italy evil mom is at Grunge Princess's apartment. And she tells Grunge Princess about this accident that happened to Richie Rich when he was 21 years old and that Grunge Princess's ghost dad saved him and sacrificed his life for him. And then she gets on her knees, tearfully begs her not to be with him. But is it because they're related? I hope not. Wait, what? It could be. Because then when they they were... uh, uh, then when like it was like extra weird and horrible to me when they when Richie was like doing all the sexual innuendos because I was like in my mind I was like um are y'all related I didn't think about that before you brought it up but she doesn't expressly say why she doesn't want them together she's just like in this very powerful moment I have to say she is on her knees like truly begging mm-hmm. Grunge Princess to stay away from her son but it could be because they're related. I have to say, I don't genuinely think that they're related because I think that uh, that would be going too far even for a Korean drama. But I this is what I meant by I was like, I am not feel like I was in <laughs> the right, right mind watching well, this because I was like, oh, my God, are they related? Here's the thing. Now I'm hardcore on board. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's kind of like. Like the force is strong in my family, you know. My sister has it. Is it that kind of a thing? That's why the body switching happens between them two. We're led to believe that it's because of the alcohol, or because they. Uh, I also thought it could be kind of like. Um, did you guys see Last Christmas? Yeah, the no. movie with Amelia 
uh, oh, Clark. Oh, no. <laughs> um, this is a spoiler. So if you haven't <laughs> seen it yet, it came out, I don't know, one or two years ago. But in that movie, it's Amelia Clark and Hen- Henry Golding. And in that movie, um, uh, basically, like, they, like, Henry Golding um, died and uh, his and he had to donate er, and when he died um, his heart was donated to Amelia Clark and so like his ghost and her become like tethered for a bit in the movie Um, and I was like oh is that also what's happening here like instead of them being siblings like are are they tethered be are are grunge princess and Mm. Richie tethered because grunge is dad passed away in the accident that Richie survived. They could be tethered and still be siblings. <laughs> there, there is a lot of ex machina shit happening yeah. every episode. <laughs> dropping out of the sky. <laughs> Can't rule out anything really at this you point. You cannot. I, I will say, Kathy, I do think that the reason that Grunge is... I'm sorry. I'm, I think the reason that Italy. Auntie the Loft mom is asking Grunge to leave Richie alone is because she will be a constant reminder of the mm. trauma now um, because her dad is the one who saved Richie's life. I see. But I don't know. <sighs> it, it is a glaring gap that we never see Grunge's mom or Richie's dad. It's 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 too glaring. Mm-hmm. It is a bit is is very glaring. Um and there's nobody like they didn't marry or remarry to fill in that that family placeholder gap, you know? And there's also no explaining yet how he is also a witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how did he become a witch? <laughs> what the hell? I mean, okay, we have the voiceover. We hear the voiceover throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Um I guess it's open to interpretation as to whether he, this voiceover is as a memory, is like a, a a thing that happened in the past, or it's as if to me it's as if um, Grunge's dad, perhaps Richie's dad as well, um, perhaps is like is like watching from the heavens, mm. like narrating in real time. It it to me it feels like that. Maybe maybe the ghost witch dad has a podcast. <gasps> ghost witch dad. He's he's narrating his own commentary. Oh my goodness. Ay ay Feel like I really opened a can of I really Oh wow. Can't wait for this review. <laughs> I really thought you guys were going to be like, "Kim, you've really taken it too far this time." No. Mm-mm. You can never take it too far. Never when we're talking about. I really party. felt like I was like I was like, oh my gosh, you are really not on in your mind. You're really off in the mind right now. But I mean, <sighs> listen, there's like Steve said, there are some giant gaping holes in this story. <sighs> yeah, but like you said, it's like it's too simple. It feels too simple if it's just. <laughs> Richie's mom, Ann Taylor Loft, evil mom, simply doesn't want him to marry or settle down with some no-name girl. It's it must be deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It must be more significant to the point where she even offers unlimited money and funds mm-hmm. to just stay away from mm. Richie Rich. There's something there. I read that as like uh as the mom being 
protective of her child and being like, oh, this will be a a, a reminder of this trauma for her as well. Mm. Um, and to be, yeah, to to offer a lot of money as like restitution, but also to get her to stay away. You know what though? Maybe, okay, maybe grunge is actually just the daughter of, uh, from a different relationship. Maybe originally, um, no, 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 no. Because of how big the, the, the Lowell department and like the shareholders, all that, their whole family is in the public eye. So therefore, it doesn't make sense to think that uh, Richie's mom like was wedded to uh, Grunge's dad. It doesn't make sense. Um, it doesn't have to make sense. We're in a Korean drama. No! Yeah! <laughs> You're absolutely right. Oh That's my where goodness. my logic fails. Mm. Because the secret is there is no logic. Oh, <laughs> it is truly a wild ride. Mm-hmm. God, I, I I just need to like at this point, you know, we're like so close to the end, and we just got like just got to burn through it. Just let's yes. just you know, we're so oh close. God, so we're close. so close, and I do not feel confident that we will get all of the answers that we seek. No. I still do believe so? that we will, in the end, be left with more questions. It's like I feel like uh. You know, uh, oh, if I just keep doing this thing I'm addicted to, then then the next hit it, it'll be it'll be I'll be satisfied. Mm-mm. Like you know, I just it, we just want to chase that. Just just tell us, just wrap up this story. I'll yeah, you're pu- you keep you keep pulling the lever on the what's it called? I want to call it a jukebox. Machine? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a jukebox. Could be. Yeah, we put Could in be. so many coins of our time and brain cells in this. We just want to return. Yeah, we're like, we got to cash out eventually. Mm-hmm. Eventually we'll win, right? But now I'm like inventing, you know, uh, uh, another storyline. And we still do not have any explanation as to the secret garden. No. We've only seen the mystic garden. Oh not the same. Not the same. No answers, only more questions mm-hmm. in true secret garden fashion. Oh, my goodness. Ah. Uh. Let's find out what happens next episode. Episode 17. Next week. Okay. <laughs> I need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Oh my goodness. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Korean Drama Podcast. Our producer is Marvin Yue. And our executive producers are Will Choi, Bill Yu, and Joanna Lee. Follow the Korean Drama Podcast on Twitter at Korean Drama Pod. And if you haven't, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. The Korean Drama Podcast is part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about Potluck and our fellow Potluck Podcasts at podcastpotluck.com.
Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.